<laughs> and then she proceeded to go, Alan, look the Whitney Houston. Look what happened to her. <laughs> the Green Rush is real. From lawmakers and investment bankers to CEOs and investors, we'll look at how people are transforming cannabis from the shadows of the black market into a cash crop that draws in cannapreneurs from Hollywood to Wall Street. Here to help you navigate the business of cannabis, please welcome Lewis Goldberg and Ann Donahoe. Brought to you by KCSA Strategic Communications. So I love the fact that you and I are getting to do a podcast talking about cannabis. It blows me away every single day that I spend a good 20 to 30% of my time working on pot. As somebody who has been in and around it my entire life, um, that I get to talk for a living about marijuana and in a material way blows my mind every single day. I had dinner last night with a good friend of mine who I've known for almost 20 years, and he's a serial entrepreneur. He was asking me questions about how do I invest? What do I know? What do I know about the business? And I'm sitting at dinner and it's me and Elijah, my 14 year old son, and I'm, I'm schooling him. And there are moments that Elijah will correct me about the industry. And he's 14 and that's, he's getting this from my conversations at home about working for these companies. So yeah, I've been doing the professional side of cannabis for about five years and I know you're only five months, but this conversation that we're gonna get to have over the next months, hopefully years, excites the hell out of me. No, I think it's really interesting. And I think that um, coming from such a solid B2B background, um, like I have, it's a really interesting segment to be in because I get to talk to reporters that cover cannabis for a living. And this is a job that they didn't think they'd have five years ago. So this is certainly not a job that I thought I would have five Never. years and ago. You and I have worked together for 15 years. Yeah. You know, and we've been we've done every type of company you can possibly imagine, from alternative energy to online dating to technology. I've high end never, restaurants. Yeah, high end restaurants. I mean, we worked for David Boulet, who is who a year or two ago was voted the number one chef in the world. And and one that we get to work together on this is fun because we get to play off of each other. But the other thing is I love that you're you're learning. Like I love watching you learn the industry. It is, it's really exciting to me because you are developing the same level of passion and enthusiasm for cannabis as an industry as I am. And that's exciting. Well, I think it's interesting because we do so much in the B2B space with so many disparate industries and companies that we have a whole business practice devoted to cannabis because there is such a need for it. So, you know, it's not that I'm often learning about manufacturing or I'm often learning about healthcare. You know, I'm often learning about the cannabis industry because I have a portfolio of four to five clients in the space and I need to understand what's going on. I need to understand the trends. And that's fascinating. I actually love the fact, I mean, we do PR for a living. It's our job to be professional storytellers. And we, we get to tell stories, you know, and tell jokes and laugh. And there is still that, that kind of tittering behind the hand when it comes to talking to reporters at mainstream media about cannabis. But, um, to see it evolving as an industry where you see a professional services firm like KCSA that's been around for 50 years and has been, you know, doing investor relations and shareholder communications for 25 years, working with companies that historically haven't been one legitimate 
or yeah, legitimate. It's true. You know, they are black market. You know, we have clients that used to grow pot, not cannabis. They used to grow pot in between corn stalks in Georgia. You know, we've got guys who literally were bike messengers who used to schlep bags of eighths, you know, around New York City who are now running multi-million dollar companies. It's it's amazing. Well, I think it's also going. To part of our job to get rid of that stigma. I mean, I talk to my friends. I talk to my, my colleagues. I talk to my parents and my family about what's going on in my business. What are you working on? And I tell them I'm doing a lot in cannabis. And I get that little snicker. And I get that little, oh, you know. What's got, you know, so you're, you're working in joints. <laughs> what are you rolling joints? Are you, are you high all day long? And actually I get asked if we're paid. In, I get and, asked if, if we're paid in kind. Oh, yeah. I mean, and it's, and you evangelize that. No, this is a real industry. There's real money being, being made here. And, you know, States like Colorado, ask them if they want to give back their tax revenue from this business. $200 million last year. There's no way. And, and, you know, one of the yes. questions I got asked last night at dinner was, well, what's the, the, um, the regulatory risk? You know, he said, Marcus Lamonis on CNBC said, I'm never going to touch a cannabis company because the feds are going to come and shut it all down. Like Marcus Lamonis is an asshole. He doesn't know what he's talking about. More than 55%. I guess he's the- not going to be a guest. He might be, and he can tell me to go screw myself. But you know what? He, and, and he was doing that clearly for TV's sake. But the issue is when more than 55% of the American population is legally allowed to buy cannabis, whether it be medicinal or for adult use, there is no chance that this tide is being rolled back. You Absolutely. Know, it, and it's I just think, not going to happen. Well, and I think what's really interesting and where I find the most passion is for making this um, – researchable. So why, why isn't the FDA doing more research on this? Why can't we understand, you know, the exact, uh, diseases and afflictions that can be helped by this? It's not, it's not research that's being done in the U S it's research that's being done in other parts of the world, like Israel. And why aren't we doing that? I think that's just, it's naive and, um, and we're, you know, we're, we're, people are living in pain needlessly when they, you know, because we don't have the information. And, and our country is so focused on making money. Um, it drives every decision almost at every industry level. And that we as, an, as a nation have ceded, pun intended, the capital markets to Canada, to Australia, to London, because the New York Stock Exchange and the NASDAQ won't touch any company that has anything to do with cannabis. If you look at the way that they've treated um, high times and other companies who literally do not touch the plant, it is questionable at least as long as there is a federal prohibition to see any company list on a major public exchange where they have any touch into cannabis. It, it's, it's absurd. I mean, the, the investment banks all want to jump in, the hedge funds, the private equity firms, they all want to jump in and all of the partners are putting their personal money in, but they are prohibited from putting in institutional money that slows down the growth of the industry. It loses money for teachers unions and others who are part of major pensions. When we come back, we'll be speaking with Alan Lean from Solus Tech, and I'm going to sound just like a radio announcer. Or we'll be right back with Alan Lean, who will tell us what it was like coming out to his mom as a canapreneur. More Green Rush coming up after we roll through our sponsors. 
Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now. Bought a game for your phone, gonna make you say, wow! The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash. Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash. Little by little, your empire grows large. Put different celebrities inside your entourage. You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chichin Chong. Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong. The name of the game is Himping, that's the point. Download and play while you light yourself a joint. The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot proved by the man who run high times. Oh yeah, get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Strainwise Consulting is the most sought-after consulting company for cannabis business applications and management contracts. We consulted on the first recreational license in the world and have had an over 95% success rate on applications submitted. The industry is growing at such an exponential rate that building a powerful and lasting cannabis business is a number one priority. Here's Strainwise's Sean Eubanks. In our first five years, we branded and supported nine medical and recreational marijuana dispensaries and approximately 160,000 square feet of sophisticated and efficient product cultivation. Strainwise Consulting has the experience and expertise to guide you through the process. Puff, puff, share it with a friend. CannabisRadio.com Banking and Bud, understanding the business of cannabis. Welcome back to The Green Rush, only on CannabisRadio.com. Hey, it's Ann and Lewis, and today we're going to be talking with Alan Lean, the founder and president of a company called Solus Tech. They are the largest manufacturer specifically for the cannabis industry of commercial lights and for nutrients. So if you are buying anywhere on the West Coast and soon to be anywhere on the East Coast, those flowers are probably under Solus Tech lights. And if they are really crystallized with unbelievable terpenes, they most probably have been sprayed with terpenes, which is Solus Tech's proprietary nutrient. So Alan's a great guy. Um, full disclosure, he's actually a client of ours. And while the interview you're going to hear is interesting, this is our very first podcast. So please bear with us. You will get more of the higher energy Ann and Lewis in future episodes. But I guarantee you, if you have a real interest in both how the plant is grown and more importantly, the difference between the American or North American and Asian view on cannabis, this is definitely worth a listen. You and Anne both went to Monmouth University. What is it with with New Jersey and weed? I mean, what let's 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 talk about that. Well, growing up, um, you know, we're we're not really, you know, we're an hour and a half, two hours outside of New York City. We fought with our fists, you know, there was no guns, <laughs> there was no guns, you know, so, you know, it was a very simple, simple life back then. And I, I've never- Ooh, came Was this in the 1780s? <laughs> no, it was like 19, 1990s. The, the most we would do was, was, you know, probably start drinking when we were like 17, 18 years old. I, did, I didn't even come in contact with my first um, experience with marijuana until maybe I was uh, in college. So um, after you graduated, you went into your family business. There was a moment when you realized that um, you didn't want to be doing import-export, right? And that you wanted to get into the weed business. How did you break that to your parents? I moved back to Taiwan for about three years. 
you know, I knew my, my parents have been in the sourcing and manufacturing business for about, you know, 25 years. And it's mostly focused on sporting goods. But through that experience, I was able to learn and, and be in contact, you know, uh, real time with a lot of the Chinese manufacturers and really experience the culture. You know, it, it's literally a huge culture shock living in, you know, the, the U.S. for 21 years. And then all of a sudden going into inland China, you're not even talking about the cities, just going to these uh these factories for 12 hours a day, just, you know, looking at molding, looking at the actual manufacturing, the assembly lines, the, the production lines and et cetera. And it, it was really, really a, a, a very valuable lesson or experience for me. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, what the cannabis culture was like um, in China, if there was one, or is it more underground or I guess, how, how is it dealt with over there? Well, there's cannabis everywhere, right? And then cannabis, there's there's hemp, and then there's marijuana. I think hemp has been um, in China for for centuries. Recently, you know, with uh, technology being more advanced nowadays, you know, they're also learning how to utilize hemp to make clothing, to make building materials, and all that. There is a province called Yunnan over there, specifically with a city called Heilongjiang. Uh, it's really, really famous for hemp production there. Uh, however, you know, I think there's like 20,000 or 30,000 acres um, that are, you know, uh, that are hemp farms right there currently. And they're all, most of it is being used for their fibers, you know, not for CBD, like, like you know, what, what's the trend here in the U.S. However, um, marijuana side, it's very, very underground. It's very rare. Of course, if you really wanted to. How did, how did they look at us? I mean, you know, they know that. I mean, the Chinese pay attention to what we're doing a lot and they see the growth of the cannabis industry, um, both from an industrial perspective and also from a consumption perspective. When they when you go, do they ask you about smoking joints and, you know, edibles and all that? I mean, what, what, what is their interest? They are very curious, but at the same time, very scared of the culture as well, because traditionally China, they have, um, kind of done it, done it through propaganda, I guess, kind of brainwashing everybody. So for example, uh, on a, uh, on a billboard on a highway, they would show maybe like a burn victim or even somebody that just OD'd on, on meth or something like that, or heroin and say that this is the result of marijuana. So, it, <laughs> so it's, it's vilified. It's very bizarre there. Yeah. So, and it's death penalty. So if, if you are a local, yeah, if you're a local there and you get caught with marijuana and you're, you're, you, you don't know the right people, you could literally be executed for it. Wow. That's so I, I take it. Then you do not travel anywhere near there with 1000% not take a moment and explain what Solus tech is. Sure. Um, Solus tech, we, um, design and manufacture, um, lighting equipment. And as well as we recently just got into uh, nutrient additives, um, specifically with a product called terpenes. Um, you know, we've been around for about eight years. Uh, I founded the company uh, in, back in 2009, 2010. Uh, took, recently took the company public in 2015, two years ago. And we are currently listed on the um, OTCQB under the stock ticker symbol SLTK. So there are not a lot of Asian cannabinoids, right? There's not, you see a lot of different faces when you go to cannabis conferences, but not a lot of Asians. How did, how does that make you feel? I mean, do you, do you feel a responsibility? Is it, is it weird or is it just another thing? 
No, it's, to be honest with you, there's actually a lot more Asians involved in the industry than you know most people think. Um, I was just probably one of um, the first or one of the few that actually had the opportunity to kind of stand up or even want to stand up on a high platform and, and, you know, scream out, you know, I'm in cannabis and this is what I want to do. Um, you know, I have a lot of friends, you know, even before I got into the industry that have been involved in industry for years before I did, uh, running dispensaries, you know, uh, have cultivations of their own, um, in California, you know, California has been very, very liberal in regards to medical, uh, marijuana for, for years, uh, probably even a decade before the the whole legalization became a, um, a popular trend throughout the country. So, you know, and, you know, to, for, for me, it's, it's, it's a, it's a unique experience. Um, you know, I'm, I am a, uh, a rare quote unquote commodity upon, uh, you know, amongst, uh, you know, the, the rest of the community, you know, mm -hmm. it's, 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 it's very rare to see, uh, I guess, um, an Asian face, um, in the, in the cannabis industry these days, you know, you know, at shows, but you, you're, you're, you're going to see more and more Asians, you know, kind of surface, you know, and start showing themselves. But in reality, you know, th there are a lot of Asians that are involved with the industry today already. Well, we actually touched on this a little bit earlier, but, um, you know, what, what did your parents say when you decided, uh, to leave the family business and decide to, to start Solus Tech? It's actually a pretty funny story. When I first started, she had no idea what I was doing. So I didn't really tell them right off the bat that I was selling lights for specifically for cannabis or marijuana. And it wasn't until I think back in 2012, I was at a trade show in Prague. I believe it was a show called Canifest. And in, I was on Prague? my... Yes, it was in Prague. In the Czech and Republic. Wow. Correct. Cool. Correct. Um, it was actually a really fun trade show, a very, very uh, uh, productive trade show, actually. So, but uh, on the way back, I was at the airport and I posted some pictures on Facebook at the time. And my mom follows me on Facebook. Yeah, she has a Facebook account. <laughs> <laughs> she now she's There's now lessons there too. She, she what, now, yeah. Hold on. Can you tell us a little bit about what your mom is like as well? She's uh she's like this small little lady that's very conservative, talks a lot, likes to lecture. Um, and, and she's always in, in everybody's business. So, you know, that, that's kind of like everybody else's mom. When I was at the, the, the airport at, in Prague, my mom uh, uh, messaged me uh, out of nowhere. It was like, hey, Alan, I just saw pictures that you posted from a trade show, and I saw that there was a lot of people smoking around you. What kind of trade show are you going to? Because in, in, um, in Europe, there are a lot of um, uh, shows that they're very liberal about you smoking. So you literally see people rolling joints and et cetera at their booths. You know, so they're, they're actually smoking within the venue itself there. So the, within the picture, the, you know, there's a lot of smoke. There's a lot of people smoking. I took pictures with people actually smoking in the act of smoking. So she's asking me, and, and then and then I was like, well, you know, to be honest with you, I'm in the I'm in the marijuana industry. I'm selling lights to marijuana uh, marijuana growers, and uh, even though I'm not touching the plant, I'm not doing anything illegal. You know that this is the industry that I'm in. And then <laughs> she, and then she paused and was like, well, Alan. I hope you're not smoking too much. I'm like, no, I only smoke sometimes. And then, she, <laughs> and then she proceeded to go, Alan, look the Whitney Houston. Look what happened. <laughs> <laughs> that, that definitely cracked me up. But, you know, I had to explain to her Whitney Houston, what, uh, even though she was using marijuana, 
she uh, that wasn't the cause for for you know what happened to her. So <laughs> that that was the first experience exposing uh, what I did to my parents. We'll be right back with Alan Lean when we come back. More Green Rush coming up after we roll through our sponsors. Cannabis concentrates have been around for hundreds of centuries. In 19th century America, extracts mixed with other herbs were sold as a miracle cure. Now, Apex Supercritical has elevated the science of extraction into the 21st century. Apex Supercritical is the leader in CO2 extraction, which is the cleanest, safest, and purest way to extract plant oils. ROI in as little as three weeks. Our cost-effective systems are fully automated with an industry-leading three-year warranty. And if we don't have your system in stock, we can build one in as little as four weeks. Bringing CO2 extraction to the masses. Learn more at apeksupercritical.com. Four-week build excludes high production systems. Introducing 420 Cloud, ignited by MSIG, one of the fastest-growing social apps around. The only app you'll need for all things cannabis. Find the latest cannabis news, videos, and stories, ranging from business and tech to sports and medicine. Start your career in cannabis by seeking, identifying, and applying for jobs through our expansive listings. For businesses, 420cloud.com features a full-scale cross-channel network, monetizing high traffic for big data conversion and analytics. Download 420 Cloud now from the iTunes Store or Google Play. MSIG.com is a publicly listed company on the OTC. Symbol MCIG. Banking and Bud. Understanding the business of cannabis. Welcome back to The Green Rush. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Um, we're with Alan Lean, who is the, uh, the founder and president of Solus Tech. You know, a lot of people, when they think about the, the, the cannabis industry, they only think about the plant. They don't think about the, the nutrients or the dirt or the lights. So what do you think about, you know, when you're sitting back and dreaming about cannabis, what is it that you're thinking about? Because I've entered the industry um, from a, I guess, a equipment standpoint, specifically catering to cultivation, I came into the industry from the ground up, from the cultivation standpoint. A lot of people, you know, you know, love the glory of dispensary because that that's where everybody kind of makes the most money and most revenue. But it's the dispensaries aren't going to have anything to sell if it if it's not for cultivation, right? So it all starts with cultivation. Like, so, what attracted you to lighting, though? Like, why why not just go into a, a grow facility or open a dispensary? Why was lighting so attractive to you? My co-founder Alvin Howe, uh, back in two thousand nine, approached me with this idea, and um, I you know I took a look at it and I was like, you know. Let, let, let me let me look more into it because I was making a decent living doing sporting goods at the time. And, you know, I knew that, you know, I had a lot of, uh, I guess, uh, a, a pretty big network in the China markets for in regards to factories and manufacturers. So that's also the reason why my co-founder, Alvin, actually approached me to see if I can source a, a good good quality light from China. At the time, you know, the the lighting systems were very unreliable uh, it was there were high failure rates and the pricing was was very 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 high or very expensive at the time. So there there was a huge window opportunity there. You know, and at the time, you know, a, a lot of the business owners were you know came up from growing cannabis. You know, they they figured, hey, you know, if I if I cultivate and I have to buy these lights anyways, why don't I buy direct from China at a cheaper price with uh with, with a higher volume and I can wholesale on the side. And that's how a lot of the the businesses got started back then in regards to the equipment wholesale. And, um, you know, so I, I saw an opportunity, you know, I found a lot of different sources in China and I was able to, you know, source from a, a, a decent uh, manufacturer at the time. So we brought it in. 
500 pieces, 500 units. And within two weeks, it was all gone. And I was like, wow, well, this we're, we might be onto something. So brought another 500 pieces and a couple days later, it was gone. And we started bringing container loads after that. So it's funny, you know, people think that when you get a license in the cannabis industry, you have a, a license to print money, right? You know, oh my God, it's weed. People are dying for it regardless of where they are. But but a lot of people enter the market and fail. So in your opinion, what's the number one reason why people fail as a business in cannabis? Um, not understanding what they're getting into. So, I mean, th there's there's actually a lot of different verticals that you have to consider if you're get, getting into that particular vertical. For example, you want to start a dispensary. You have to understand, you know, what, what the market is, the demand, the supply, the availability of the supply. Um, and from a processing standpoint, you know, you have to know where you could, because as a processor, you're still getting your flowers and trim from a cultivator. So you have to really know, you know, uh, the, the quality of the source that you're sourcing your, your, um, your materials from to process, uh, your product into oil and fin the finished product. And as a cultivator, you have to really understand, you know, how to really, uh, build a efficient, an efficient environment to be able to make sure that your cost of goods are, are in check and, and, uh, everything else is, is in line to, you know, uh, making money because at the end of the day, you're getting in this industry because you want to make money. Right. Um, right. um, the demand, the supply and, uh, how, and, and especially the regulations, Legislation is huge to understand, you know, what you're getting yourself into. You know, a lot of people come in here, for example, um, if time allows here, um, Nevada has probably one of the most stringent uh, testing standards mm -hmm. in the entire country. You know, and then in, begin in the beginning, a lot of Colorado growers, a lot of California growers use their own best practices from home that they have succeeded, had, had saw success with, come to Nevada just to find out that their product that they spent the last year in building out and growing the, you know, building out the facility and, 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 right. and finally harvesting the first harvest, it, none of it passed testing and millions and millions of dollars were then incinerated and destroyed. And that put a lot of people under. So that, that's, that, that's a huge deal is understanding testing standards, understanding legislation and read the fine print. So we have a recurring segment uh, called Puff Puff Pass. And Alan, we want to ask you, there are two things that you love about the industry and one thing you hate about the industry. Go. Two things I like about the industry is that there is a lot of blue sky opportunities. It seems like there's always, always, always new opportunities coming up. Um, you know, and, you know, everybody that everybody wants to be in this industry, you know, and number two is, you know, they, it's, it's, it's marijuana, you know, it's, it, it can be used recreationally and there's a lot, a lot of potential for the medicinal side. And I'm really, really excited to, to find out more with the advancement in the research, uh, in regards to the different terpene profiles, cannabinoids and the formulation of as an entourage effect on how that can affect different diseases and and uh, and, and uh, um, disorders that that um, that we're able to possibly cure in the future. What I don't like it about the industry mainly it, it's a, the, a lot of smoke and mirrors that you know people that <laughs> pun intended pretend like kind of kind of fake it to make it. You you can't really fake it to make it in this industry. You really have to put in the time and hard work to understand what you're getting yourself into. And uh, and and I find a lot of people in this industry kind of put up posers. Yeah, they put up a lot of smoke and mirrors to try just just to try to make themselves look look more or more experienced than than what they could really offer. 
um, you know, whether it's cultivators, you know, they, they're not that the, the they always tout themselves as the greatest cultivators. But at the end of the day, you know, to, to save their crop, they have to spray harsh pesticides. And at the end of the day, if, you know, during um, in those uh, in those states that do not have heavily regulated uh, testing yet, you know, these guys are getting away with selling contaminated product. And that's something that that what needs to and will change very, very soon. So today we've been talking with Alan Lean, the founder and president of Solis Tech. He can be found at Solis, S-O-L-I-S hyphen tech, T-E-K dot com and on Instagram at Solis Tech, S-O-L-I-S T-E-K, no dot com because there's no dot com in an Instagram. What's wrong with me? Uh, Ann and I want to give a special thanks to Nick Opich, the associate producer here at the Green Rush and at KCSA who actually makes the myths and helps the trains run on time. So if you have any questions about how to work in a professional manner in the cannabis industry, if you are a dispensary, if you're a grower, if you have any touch points and you want to talk to the press or to the capital markets, give us a call at kcsa.com. Go to www.kcsa.com. Or send us an email at greenrush at kcsa.com. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.